We're in Galatians. Um, so you can uh, look up uh, in your Bible in Galatians and we'll read from there. Maybe if you do not understand uh, English as a child, can you go to your uh, mother and father and they will translate something for you uh, that I will try to set up. Um, so if you understand English, you understand, okay. Um, so we get the Oh, I can also just say it in Danish. I could, I could just say in Danish. Okay, så vi skal tale om, vi skal tale om hvordan man kan frygte andre eller man kan frygte noget. Og så hvis man lige tager et øjeblik og så tænker over, hvad frygter jeg eller hvad kan jeg frygte? Hvad kan jeg frygte, når jeg er sammen med andre? Øh, frygter jeg andre? Så so the English version is uh, just a reflection before we start. It's uh, what we're going to talk about the false, false gospel of fear. Uh, that sometimes uh, as humans we fall into this trap. And I think the Matthew passage which was good. We start fearing a lot of things. Um, today, uh, the main one of the main character is very fearful, and it drives his behavior to contradict the true to contradict the true gospel. So, you adults, as you are, just maybe taking a few moments, reflecting on your life. And I know now you're right here. You don't have to. I, I'm with Jesus. I don't have to fear. But when you're reflecting, what? are some of the things that you fear. What do you fear when you are with people? What do you fear when you are away from people? So, maybe I can take the example that maybe some of you can remember, at least the children might remember. You're in your room. You wake up. Everything is dark. Your mind starts racing. Your body actually starts producing adrenaline. Your blood vessels open. And your blood flows to your legs and to your arms. You might even scream. So what's going on is that your body is responding to fear. When that happens, your body gets ready to to fight or to flee. Now, what also happens in the mind is that some parts of your mind that makes good decisions are suppressed. And so as a child, you can say, well, that thing on the wall looks like a monster. There's probably also a monster under my bed. Sometimes when our bodies react to fear, 
that he can even lead us astray from what we believe to be true. Our mind can actually trick us to see things that are not there, to believe things that are not true, because the fear provokes us. Now, as, as adults, it might be something different. It might not be you waking up at night. Maybe it is still. It could be the dark, but it could also be that presentation or that, co- at that co-worker that steps in to the office and your body starts reacting. It could also be somebody you really don't like. <laughs> Maybe you're not on the best footing with the people in your family or, or your boss or, or someone and your body starts reacting. It makes you ready to fight or flee. It can also, in, like I said, can inhibit your, your ability to make good decisions. And maybe even forget what you know. When we read the passage, I think that is part of what's going on. I don't think that, that, that Peter is unaware of what he's doing is wrong. But he succumbs to the fear. Makes unwise decision that has, has consequences. Now let's read together's text, together's text, our text together, and it will be, we'll be reading from Second uh, Galatians, Second Galatians eleven through fourteen. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face, because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him. So that even Barnabas was led astray by the hypocrisy. But when I saw their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, if you, though a Jew, live like a gentle, not gentle, Gentile, and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? So, So remembering where we are in the story and Paul, Paul has been sharing the gospel with, with the Galatians in the introduction and says this was God's plan that Jesus would come, he would live, he would die, he would rise again to bring all people to God that by faith through grace. He then say, tells them that why have you departed from this gospel and believed something else he's arguing very strongly against these people who are adding to Christ's work you don't have to only believe in Jesus you also have to do something and now it seems like we're coming to coming to what the problem is and we talked about it last time 
there's a controversy about circumcision. Do you have to become a Jew before you become a Christian? Paul is clear, no you don't. And Paul is very clear that they should not be listening to those people that are adding to to what Jesus has done. He's also talking about why his teaching is the right teaching. Why can they respect him and, and why can they trust what he's saying. He's saying he's got this revelation from Jesus that was checked with the other apostles uh, last week. and Not last week, but in the text last week. And that they're preaching the same gospel. They're on the same team. But now, Paul then says, although we're on the same team, that does not mean we don't correct one another when we're wrong. Because Paul's not afraid to go to Peter and say, hey, you're, you're wrong about this. You are not living a lifestyle that shows that, well, actually you are lying and being a hypocrite. That's the two of the things we've already talked about. And people pleasing. <laughs> like it's all the things that Paul's already talking about. In ten, he says, I'm not pleasing people. Uh I, I don't want you to lie because that's creating a false world. This is uh, all the reaction you have when you have a uh, fear. <laughs> you you can find that uh, online, but we'll go to the next part. Um, <clears throat> because uh, lots of other people, I've heard lots of other people preach this passage where they talk about, well, it's because Peter he is a racist and he hates everyone who's not a Jew. And it's like, but that does not say that there. The key word in this text is fear, and that's the cause of his behavior. Um, and we can also a lot of people a, a lot of us can be confused about this because um, it seems like Peter has learned this a few times like when he but, it, but again he also has these people keep opposing him all the time and say you ate with Cornelius and that's not allowed and, and all those things so Peter is under, has been under pressure for this before But when those people step into the room, when those people he fears steps into that room, he starts acting differently. He makes decisions that are not good or clear. He does, I don't think he screams or yells out. But he withdraws from, he withdraws from the Gentiles and stops eating with them. So Peter slipping away from Jesus at this point he's not he's not a false teacher and the uh, he's not he's not a 
It's not a fake Christian as we had last week, these false brothers. Peter is not like that. And the other people are not either because they are not using the same words. But they are of the opinion that they should be circumcised, that the, the, the um, Gentiles should be circumcised. And I don't know exactly why, but Peter is, feels he's afraid of these people and feels fear of them so much that he's starting to fall away from Jesus and the good news of the gospel. As he's falling into fear, he is slipping away. Because as we read in the beginning, you, we don't just slip away from a concept of the gospel. The gospel is, is Jesus Christ that God has sent to us. It's a relationship. And when something else overtakes the place of Jesus and draws into a different gospel or into fear, or, then we are departing what we know to please others or to have right standing with them instead of having fellowship clearly with Jesus. So, Pe- so Peter is here. As this happening, he is preaching a false gospel. Unfortunately, all the other Jews <laughs> join Peter. So Peter does this, and all the other Jews are looking at people. Like, what? And they had also eaten with him before, so so they get drawn away with Peter to separate from the Gentiles. Now, obviously, this can <laughs> create some confusion for the Gentiles. Some. So like why they ate with us yesterday but now they're not eating with us and what 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 is going on? What like now they can only sit at this table and we have to sit over here so we already have a we have separation of the of the fellowship. So Paul confronts Peter in his hypocrisy and points out the things that like you are eating with these people all the time like you are living like a Gentile but then when the people come that you're afraid of you don't trust in Jesus' gospel anymore you start trusting in in pleasing these people and you're drifting away from the good news in Jesus you're acting hypocritically because you just ate with them yesterday. And you're also you're also lying to them because you're like, oh I don't eat with the non Jews. Yeah you do. <laughs> yeah, the problem is also he's not only that's not only happened to him, he is because of his influence he draws away all the Jews to do that. Paul would say he's drawing them all back into the slavery of the law. Away from the freedom in Christ. He, calls, he also points out you are not, you're, 
your the way you are acting is not in 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 step with the truth of the good news your behavior is preaching a false gospel both to the Jews and also to the Gentiles and so much that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy so it's all of them including Barnabas that is the son of encouragement um, are led into that hypocrisy now when these things happen someone needs to step up and Paul will step up oh I have all my maps I forgot I forgot I, have, I, forgot I have all my maps uh, one of them we need to use today um, because they, at this point they're up in Antioch up here that, okay where there's two arrows that's where they are at this time when the confrontation is happening uh, that's where Paul and Barnabas is ministering a lot and uh, teaching a lot uh, so apparently uh, Peter is also there it's probably after the revival of many people getting to become believers and then all of a sudden some people come from Jerusalem uh, 200 miles south come up and then Peter starts changing his how he acts this is about Paul so this one I think that both Peter and Paul have heard have heard Jesus' teaching on how you confront one another. And so Paul is in I think great love for Peter and great love for the Galatians that he wants to preserve the truth for. He will confront Peter to his face. He He's not going to go to the Gentiles and say hey Peter's an idiot you shouldn't trust him. Like, no he goes directly to Peter and says hey the way you're acting is not okay you are departing from Jesus you're departing from the gospel of Jesus Christ the good news the freedom of Christ you're departing from that so he confronts him straight on telling him hey the way you're acting you're acting like a hypocrite and you are you are you're perverting the truth of the gospel by your actions now this is a, this is a verse we take quite seriously here because somebody sometimes and sometimes people call me and they complain about somebody else and i like that's not my job if someone has a problem with someone else in the church, if they did something, don't come tell me. I'm the last person. I'm part of the church, so I'm the last person to have to know. No. You go directly to that person. And you know what? If that person listens, you've gained the brother. And we've solved the conflict. We can speak the truth of the gospel one another, and we have established that we are together again. Don't go tell everyone else that you think someone's an idiot or don't call me. We need to sort things out one on one. If not, 
if that doesn't happen, there's steps to how we deal with this. But don't call or text me and say you don't you don't think somebody handles something well. It's actually your responsibility, and we actually have it in a membership covenant too. That this is how we deal with conflict. And why is that good? That is good that when we do step out of line, when we when our conduct is not in step with the truth of the gospel, then we can in love uh, go to one and say, your your um, your conduct and how you live is not in step with the truth of the gospel. You need to change. And then if the person has ears to ears, it, person has a soft heart they will be like oh sorry thank you thank you for telling me uh, maybe I was not aware and we can draw that person back to the truth of the gospel in Jesus Christ and then we don't have to escalate things where two people have to be present and three and the church and throwing people out hoping that they will come to repentance 95% or 9% of all conflicts can and should be handled like that we have one here where you can say did Paul do the right thing yes he did because it was right he didn't it needed to happen right then and there and so he confronts him face to face and he says the way you're acting is not okay you are a hypocrite and you are preventing the truth of the gospel to be seen by all by the Gentiles whom now you put something else on that they need to become Jews and then you're not setting your own people free that Jesus is actually the fulfillment of the ceremonial law and they don't need that they can actually have freedom in Christ it is not I think I'll come back to that because the issue is this is the this is the issue. The issue is an uncleanliness law. That because the Gentiles are unclean, then you cannot eat with unclean people because then you become unclean and then you cannot worship God. But but what happens as Jesus dies on the cross? He's the fulfillment of all those laws. He's the fulfillment of all those things where you were unclean. He is the, the lamb that takes us away the sin of the world. He's the one that makes people clean and able to come back to God. He is the only true sacrifice. He is the one that makes people able to be clean. So if you have trusted in Christ, you don't need those um, you don't, you're not susceptible in the same way to the uncleanliness laws. They were all pointing to how you had to be made clean by the perfect sacrifice. And on the other side, if you want to put that on other people, then they will be slaves to their own law. And then we have some later on when you talk about it in Acts, where you say, well, why are you trying to put burdens on these people that we, we could not even, we could not even... Um, hold those laws and in Christ we don't need to because he's 
the fulfillment of those laws. But then why does Peter do all these things? Well, we talked a little bit about it. He, the key word is that he is afraid. For some reason, he's afraid of these people. They have complained about Peter before. That he was going to visit Gentiles. That he was eating with Gentiles. He was intimidated by Empire. And he succumbs to the fear. He starts living out the false gospel. And like Paul, we said, like Paul, he does not want any of that. He wants to preserve the gospel for both groups, for the Jews, for the Gentiles, and also for the Galatians. And that's why it's important for Paul to say that it doesn't even matter. Peter cannot be wrong when when Peter trusts in in something else than Jesus, well, then we cannot follow him. We have to follow the gospel. We have to stand fast in the gospel and hold on to that. So the most loving thing, I think, is what, what Paul is doing. He's speaking the truth in love. He, he's asking, or he's confronting Peter, saying the, the stuff you're doing is, you have to change. You have to stop your hypocritical behavior because you're leading people astray. Then the clever student would say, well, what does all this have to do with me? Well, that's why I asked you in the beginning about, like, what are the things that you are afraid of? What people are you afraid of? How can you be aware when you might be led astray? How can you be aware that you might actually start teaching and preaching a different gospel with your life? In this case, it's about a fear. So, what is it? What is it that that we can? How is this behavior? Can how can this behavior be lived out? We can also the other one is also we can also lie and steal, slander other people. That can also be. Uh, Behaviors that can cause people to draw away from Jesus. I wrote that because Peter is afraid, he causes him to forget the gospel of Jesus. What about you and me? When are we prone to forget the gospel of Jesus? And what are we prone to believe instead? Maybe it's maybe it's, maybe you have like maybe you have certain situations. Maybe you have certain areas of your life where you very easily get overwhelmed and don't make good decisions because all these things are happening. 
Maybe it's being aware that now I'm not actually believing the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm starting to believe in something else as I'm being drawn away by this fear. Is it about making decisions? Will I make the wrong decision? Is it about providing? Is it about what comes tomorrow? All those things. It's very interesting because of the the passage that um, Satuk has chosen that Jesus gives the answer. He's like, seek the kingdom of God first. And you can say that people, not people, but Peter doesn't do this here. His fear overcomes him and he does the opposite. Now what about us? What are the things that draw us away from living the way Jesus has called us to go, to believe in his gospel, the good news of Jesus. That we don't have to keep all these laws of purification and all sorts of things. That the good news is that that Paul is defending is that it's the truth of the gospel. It's Jesus. It's what he says in the introduction, as we said, it's like Father's plan to set people free, cleanse them, and draw them to themselves. And it's God that does it by grace through faith. Now what about us? When we <clears throat> when we sometimes take stock after a day or we look at like, okay, why, why, why did I act? Why did I act this way? Like, I think some of us knows, like, also have children, we also know, we know, we know when we did something wrong. In the moment, we might be overcome by anger or fear or whatever that leads us to the behavior. But why did we do that behavior Was it because we trusted that we had to solve a situation? Did we fearful of something going wrong? I don't know for you. I don't know exactly what those situations are. But I do really believe that it's very good to know. Because then maybe we can be aware. And we can be... Be aware to pray when we enter those situations. When these things come up. I'm afraid something happens to my children. I'm afraid something happens to my parents. I'm afraid something's going to happen there. I'm afraid to lose my job. I'm afraid I'm never going to get a job. What, whatever it is. And whatever it's, is, is presence with you. How can you be. Make yourself aware Stand in, hold on, let Jesus hold on to you so you don't fall in. When you get afraid, fall away from doing and trusting in Jesus. And when we do that, we have hopefully people who gather us back to say, no, it's not. It's not the right thing. Your fear has overtaken you. Come back to the grace of God. Remember who Jesus is. 
his life, his death, his resurrection, his work. Remember God's plan, how he shows his love for people by sending his son to make a way for us to be forgiven, adopted, and restored to fellowship with God. We're also called to live out so other people can see the gospel. Not the false gospel. The real gospel. So, as, we, as I said before, fear can do it, make us do things we don't really want to do. Or it has... Fear can... Because we want to avoid something, we do something. Try to avoid pain, try to avoid or the situation in this case and in other cases it can lead us to be hypocrites that our actions don't follow our words like creating the sort of world by lying and gossiping and all those things but also fear can also paralyze us and we don't make any decision at all or we make bad decisions and that can also help that can also lead us and other people away from God. What is it that the gospel of fear promises? Why are we so, why is that, I mean even the world's fear and anxiety and all sorts of things is a huge thing. But what is it that it promises? Maybe it promises that we can avoid what we actually need to go through. We need to have a conversation with those people. We need to hold on to what Jesus is saying and not succumb to what other people say. But then we also have what's called What's, what's for some would be challenging. Um, when people, when when Jesus talks to his disciple and say says that persecution will come, he also adds this: "But do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both body." both soul and body in hell. So Peter, no, no, not Peter, Jesus, as Peter had heard and Paul understood, knows that the only one we should actually fear is God. The the reader, the, not the reader, the, the writer of Proverbs writes in 9.10 that the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. The beginning of the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One. Insight. So, now I spent the whole time saying we should not be afraid. Then Jesus says we should be only afraid of one and the Proverbs, right of Proverbs says that it's wise the beginning of wisdom is to fear God. 
Now the thing that happens is, with both of these is that understanding who God is, the awe and majesty of who God is, is probably for most of us human beings the smart thing would be to fear God extremely like because God is so awesome all knowing knows everything about us I would say maybe even the logical thing would to be fear God he's made everything all of us knows every part of us I think that's why the also, a proverb is saying the same thing. No, no, like if you have to understand the world and if you have to have knowledge and insight, you need to start with fearing God. But what's the good part of that? The good part is we might actually have a better grasp on who God is if we have an immense fear of who God is instead of a casual, like, oh, God, he's like, whatever. Because if God is who God says he is and he's totally holy, all wise, none of us won't even be able to stand in front of God or even be close to God. I'm really, I'm listening through the, the Bible in my devotion. It's like they, the people are so afraid of God. When he comes on the mountain, the smoke and everything, they are very scared. And I think that's the right, <laughs> I think that's the right way. Because it's very opposite of who we are. It's this amazing being. So a casual, like, oh, I don't have to be afraid of God, it doesn't matter. It's probably not helpful either. And often preachers like me and everybody else is like, well, you know, the word fear here means fear and terror. That's not what we hear a lot. But that's actually what the that's actually what the word means. Also means awe and worship. So how do we how do we put those things together? I just spoke so far about like when we fear, we are led astray. We don't really live out the gospel. Well, it's because we're fearing the wrong people. Peter was not afraid of God when he did what he did. At all. He was afraid of people. He wasn't like, God, I'm so fearful of you. No, he forgot all God had done for him and went into straight up sin. It, it, even taking away what Jesus had done at that moment to something else, back to something that was supposed to point to Jesus. He was not fearing God. Every time we sin and do bad things, 
we don't have a right view of who God is. Because we think we either can get away with it or we think we can treat people made in the, in the image of God in a way that is not correct. And none of us get away, gets away with any of that. And if God loves people more than we do and we curse out his people, then we're definitely not fearing God. So all of us sin shows that we don't really fear God. Now the good news is that God says plenty of times we should not fear. I think that has lots more to do with all the things that are around. But we also see that God as awesome and mad as awesome as God is he shows us that he cares and loves us. He shows us in Jesus Christ who he is. In the clearest picture we see of God serving, sacrificing, and a right view of who God is. Jesus' view of God determined how he lived his life as well. So there's a good fear of God that would lead us to not fear anything else. There's the song that we sing sometimes. If God is for us, then who can be against us? If the Lord of Heaven's armies is for us, then why should we be afraid of anything or anyone? If God has us in His hands, then why do we doubt and fear? If God that's that holy, that amazing, that awesome, is willing to lovingly send Jesus Christ to fulfill all the sacrificial system, to die or to live, to die, to rise again. And he's coming back. Then why will we sometimes often fall into the fear of our minds, our bodies, and of the people around us? The encouragement is that we believe the gospel. That we believe Jesus so deeply that the only one we fear and awe is God and no one else will we fear. And we know that God loves us because of what he has done for us and what the beginning of Galatians says that it was his plan that at the right time Jesus would die according to God's plan and not only die but be raised from the dead so that we actually believing in Jesus don't have to be afraid of anyone but instead with holy 
fear only God. So that we can be set free to be free in Christ and not be drawn away by fear of other things. So that we, instead of preaching a false gospel with our behavior, would preach a true gospel where people can see the love and joy and grace and mercy of God as we live our lives. Now this is only possible as God reveals himself more and more to us in his son Jesus that we can live these things out. So if you're sitting there, it's like, I'm afraid of lots of things. I'm not trying to hammer you in the head. I'm trying to lead you into the truth of the gospel. That you actually don't have to fear. Because that's what Jesus came to do. He came to take away fear. That we might be bold enough to live the lives that he has for us. Because the false gospels leads into fear. But the true gospel leads into freedom in following Jesus and the path that the Lord has set out for us. So if you want to fear, fear only God and not people. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for your kindness and goodness towards us in Jesus. Uh, Lord, I ask for forgiveness for myself. You know, this is not as you forgive me for the times I act out of fear, act out of I think I have to do things. Um, pray you forgive me for that and not living out the gospel. And but instead succumbing to fear to to preach a false gospel. Lord, I preach for each. I pray for each of us as we sit in this and just think about this Lord I pray you meet meet each person Lord I pray you reveal the things that we're afraid of so we can give them to you I pray we will be aware of where we could fear and where we could compromise in our lives and live a lifestyle that draws away from you I pray as we see these things we would lay them down to you that you can take them away and we can grow and trust in in who you are, Jesus. You come and do the work in us, we ask that in Jesus' name.